up again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words that maybe Good morning. Welcome along to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It is The Professionals and I'm joined this morning by uh, with George and with Mitch. Good morning, lads. Morning, Steve. Good to see you. Good to see you. Pre-match game, uh, pre-match show, sorry for uh, the game against Sheffield United, uh, which takes place later this afternoon, uh, 4.30 kickoff live on Sky Sports. No Stu this morning. He is uh, busy making the wheels of industry turn. Uh, so, George... Yeah. Too busy, we, too, too busy dealing with NBA basketball bloody stars by the looks of things. <laughs> oh, well, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. But uh, uh, great, great. Uh, we'll, we'll wish him well and we'll have him back on next week. Okay. Um, George, big news yesterday was that Bruno signed a new contract. And, you know, lots of speculation that there was potentially a £100 million release clause in that. Um, as always, uh, mixed opinions on social media. Uh, my view was was very simple. Um, they've got it done, which takes the uh, you know the ongoing circus away from Newcastle United now. Willie won't need the press press often asking each each week any more new contracts being signed, any more new contracts being signed, alluding to to Bruno. But um, the thing that caused um, the, the meltdown on social media yesterday was the fact that there's a release clause. But I think that was a, a really good thing. We we don't know the exact amount. We're speculating it's 100 million because that's what Fabrizio Romano reported on Twitter. And he's he's usually fairly accurate, it has to be said. Um, so anything in excess, anything excess of 100 million just, just to get the bidding going, I think it's good for a player who will have aged another year, you know, and, and if, if there's a bid comes in in the transfer window. And... I think what we've got to get over as Newcastle fans is that Bruno is the here and now, but in the future there will be, um, you know, there will be bigger and better players come to Newcastle as the financial fair play increases. Um, we've got more money to spend. There will be better than Bruno in the future, but for the here and now, Bruno is is is, is a great player. We're happy to have him, but he may want to leave. We may want to sell him. That's why these kind of things are put in, and it's Newcastle doing the business properly for me, George. What's your views? Um, all good news as far as I'm concerned. Um, we want them to stay, we want them to stay and be happy. Um, but it's football, isn't it? If you've got good players, then other teams will envy you, other teams will want to come and have a look at them and, and try and persuade them to go to them. And uh, all we can do is protect our assets. And I think if, if that's the, the uh, the out clause, the 100 million, it's not a bad starting point, is it, for, for a player that uh, only cost about a third of that uh, by all all accounts. So, no, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. That, that it, it all all makes sense um, uh, to me. And uh, uh, he's, he's uh, hopefully will we'll attract uh, more than one. But then if that's the case, then the 100 million, looks more uh, because the, the, they'll get it and we're bidding frenzy and it, it'll go up and up and on up. So, no, I, I, I enjoy the news. A, there is staying. B, seems if that's the clause, then we're not going to do too badly out of it, I think. And as I said at the beginning, 
it's football now, isn't it? You got good players. People are going to come knocking on the door. I mean, look at the way, look at the way some some of the players have just suddenly left Liverpool and other clubs in recent times. So we're we're just becoming one of the big big players, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, Mitch, what's your views on uh, this uh, big big announcement yesterday? Very much the same. You've got to be happy that the, the if if a new contract was an issue, like some people were making out, then the contract is done and resolved. And therefore, there's one less issue. However, some of those same people are now saying, oh, well, there's a release cause. That means it's away next summer. And you cannot win. You, you can't win. The, the contract saying the release clause is enough to buy three three Brunos under FFP, if you was to go for that. Um, we have to change our mentality as a fan base. We, sometimes we'd, we'd twist on 21. We really would. Um, you know, we, we, you look at it and you think, well, surely you've got to be happy there's a new contract signed. Well, no, because there's a release clause in. Well, A, we don't know for sure what the release clause is and we don't know for sure how much it is. Like we say, Fabrizio Romano's often not far off. Um, but that's protecting an asset for the future. And we're not going to have our pants pulled down. It's gonna, he's going to go for, a, you know, a, 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 and there'll be, be other specifics tied in with that amount, I'm sure. That it's only a handful of clubs that could have could come in and do it. So I don't know. It feels almost like some people aren't happy still, and we should be happy. We've tied up a good player, the key part of our, our future, or our immediate future. But he might not be part of the long term. Players come and players go, and it happens through big clubs all over Europe. That players come and players go. And the fan base understands they trust the club to reinvest and bring players in. Unless you're Man United and you, you get upset because your owners have spent a billion pounds. Um, that's just being, well, priceless, isn't it, really? Um, but for the most part, we understand that there will be evolution in Cassian United always. And the our best players right now in five years' time mightn't even still be at the club. And as and it's all about moving forward. Um so if tying up a contract has been a distraction to Bruno, it's now done. And so we should hopefully see the best out of him. If you go by what some people are saying, well, like I say, some people just don't seem to be happy because now there's some of the same people are now saying, Well, that's him away next summer. And what can you do? You can just just deal with what you're dealing with and keep the squad happy and keep everything rolling on. And we're just still doing everything with one eyeball on FFP. Um, I'm telling you, I can't even begin to tell you how different it would be with no FFP restrictions. You know, do what you've seen PAF owned clubs in Saudi do, we would be doing in there some. Um, but we have to do all of that with um, one eye elsewhere. And I think, um, for me, as I say, from an FFP perspective, 100 million plus would be uh, absolutely uh, key to signing a, a replacement and then some. Okay, David Cook uh, said he probably wouldn't be able to watch live this morning, but he did send this. He said, hi, Steve, I probably won't make tomorrow's show live. So I wanted to say something in a couple of topics. Bruno's contract. I feel the reported release clause is low but understand why we would want it. I would like it excludes Premier League clubs. 
Our owners are switched on. I'm sure they would protect our squad from losing him late in a window and not having time to replace him, unless they consider Tonali as the replacement. My other point was about the Milan game. No team would take the game to Milan at home. Yes, we didn't create anything, but they kept them from creating much themselves and defended really well. Only Leicester have ever started with more Champion League debutants in the history of the competition. Look forward to the show as always. Take care, David. Thank you, David. Thank you for your message. And yeah, I mean, is a hundred million release clause um is it low, Mitch? Because ultimately for me, it's the release clause. People have to bid a hundred million. That's the starting point. That's the whole point mm. of the release clause. That doesn't mean we're going to sell him, Mitch, for a hundred million pound. Not necessarily. Um, we don't know what the conditions attached to that clause are either. It could be that there are no um it's not to a Premier League club. It could be that it has to be to a club qualified for the Champions League. This it, 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 absolutely 100 million in FFP terms is worth so much more in terms of what we can invest in the team. Um, it's very unusual, I gather, for Dan Ashworth to be happy to put a release clause in anyway. It's not something he usually likes to do in a contract, is what I've been told a long time ago. Um, so... You know, for this to be bowed on and to be bent to is is not an insignificant thing, but it also shows the club are willing to play the game to to keep the squad and players happy, and then going forward to play the FFP game further for forward. So you know, it, it for me it might seem on the face that small, but there's a lot you can do with it, and B, we just genuinely don't know what they're tied in conditions there on are. Mm. George, uh, release phase, yeah. release phase. It's not the yeah, final it, amount, it's... is it? Well, it, it's incredible. We're talking about a Newcastle player and we're starting the bidding at 100 million, for God's sake. I mean, Ian, Ian wrote on the strap, look at the positives. Well, that's one of the positives for me. 100 million start, and if you get you get two big ones coming in, it could end up 120, 130 million without, without a blink of an eye. And uh, remember that the, the, the player and the agent are going to have the saying this, as Neil rightly says, is he's not going to go somewhere where there's no Champions League football, that's for sure. So that eliminates a lot of people out of the bidding. But the ones that are left are people that have got the money to actually uh, pay something handsome for, for him. Hate to see him go. He's a lovely lad. But that's football now, unfortunately. And uh, we, we've, just got to, we've just got to be playing the game. And I think our owners are playing the game. They're, they're into it in big time. And they're, and they're going to make as much capital out of it as they can while trying to keep everybody happy. So, no, I... I I think the hundred millions is not a bad starting point, actually. Okay, slight issues with your internet, George, but it's not too bad, so we'll stick with it. Um, for some reason, it's just started to, to to play up, and you're about ten seconds delayed behind us. But don't worry about it; we'll stick with it. George is becoming a reliable substitute on nearly all NUFC matter shows. He's like an Oli Gunnar Solskjaer coming off the bench to score a hat trick. <laughs> very kind very kind excellent um okay there, there is a, a couple of other people wanting to make points about this um about this point as well Sutty says uh do you think they'll do the same for others like tonali botman and isaac anytime soon mitch they could it, it, again it shows they're willing to be flexible to keep the squad happy 
to work within FFP and to look to the future too at the same time. So, yeah, they could. Um, I'm quite sure there'll be some agents knocking on doors because <laughs> uh, you know what they like. If they're in, if they're if they're doing the right job for that player, they'll be knocking on doors. I'm quite sure of that. Um, so you know, we just have to wait and see. Uh, personally, um, it seems to be the way of the world these days. Anyway, it doesn't really phase us that much. Any other players do you think will sign up? Um, you know, moving forward, I think Botman would probably be the next one, um, uh, George. Yeah, and I would I would welcome that because uh, there, there's a colossus of a defender who who I really would like to see at Newcastle for the next ten years. He's he's he's, he's the he's the foundation of a of a of a, of a spine for our club, and uh, I would like him to stay. Um, but if if he if he's in a negotiation, then let's stick a big fee on him as well. As I said about Bruno, this is modern day football, whether we like it or not, and and, uh, and we're into it. The important thing is for me, our owners are into it, and they're playing the game, and they're playing the game to our advantage, and that's all that matters to me. That that's uh, you know let let's uh, keep what's good for Newcastle United in all of this, and uh, uh, yeah, keep the players happy as well because they're obviously uh, keen on doing better. But but the important thing for me is it, Newcastle United are, are amongst the big players, and we're gonna we're gonna make feel our weight and throw our weight the best way we can. And I think that's uh, very positive for everybody at the club, including the fans, incidentally. Yeah, OK. Uh, we'll move on from the Bruno uh, situation. I'll give uh, Kevin the last. He says, if Bruno decides to leave a pastures new, uh, he'd be doing it alone. His wife loves life in Newcastle. Quote, fantastic place to bring up the kids. I did like that, Kevin. Thanks for that. Um, okay, uh, Anthony, he says, uh, if Everton just get a financial punishment next month, uh, do you think we should say balls to financial fair play, Mitch, and go for it in the January window? It's a very, very interesting question, actually. More interesting than you might think. Um, we've got Everton's situation. We've got Chelsea's situation. Both of which are being mirrored in some ways because both clubs are playing the it wasn't us, it was the bad man from Russia ploy. Everton in terms of having to have Usmanov's obvious money removed from the club will not go down the rabbit hole of who the company that give them the three hundred million pound loan that seems to have no assets and no employees, etc. etc. is. Um that's that. Uh, that 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 would take up all more than probably. Um, whereas Chelsea are blaming everything on uh, the pre- uh, on Abramovich and the Abramovich era spending and sanctions as a result of the the Russia Ukraine situation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I remain convinced that Chelsea are deliberately failing FFP because they believe any punishment will be financial only and that they can absorb that. Um, if Everton are proved to just get financial punishment, um, then it does raise the question, is FFP now with paper tiger? Does it now just really mean nothing? Because financial punishments are fine. However, they've shown with the Everton situation why was that referred to a commission? We went very quickly from 
the Premier League believe Everton have broken the rules. The Premier League are working with Everton to clarify what the situation is. To the Premier League have referred this to an independent commission, which means they believe there's either holes in their rules or they don't have the ability to apply their rules correctly. Um, so what's that all about? Um, what happens with Chelsea? Like I say, I'm, my belief is that they're deliberately failing it on a belief that any punishment will be retrospective, will be delayed, will be financial only and not sporting in any way. Um, and I think that that's the risk they're taking. Um, I think the challenge is, however, how do you apply, say, a points punishment ever now, which helps teams around them this season, for teams who, and how do you then go to the teams who got relegated last season, when the offences were raised and seen, and say to them, well, sorry lads, we just didn't have the time to apply the points deduction then. Because what they'll leave themselves open to is, an, is a situation like they had with Sheffield United in West Ham, where Sheffield United, I believe, were basically paid compensation by West Ham. And so, and again, it just becomes financial. And financial punishments don't seem to stop anybody in football. They've never stopped Real Madrid, they've never stopped Barcelona, they've, they've never stopped Juventus. The only thing that stopped Juventus was when they were actually relegated to Serie C and said there's a sporting punishment that you have to suffer. Um, and even then, they were robust enough to be back in Serie A within two seasons. But it needs to be thought through about how any sporting punishment is applied to Everton because you then start risking the integrity of the competition this season and blowing the integrity of last season's competition apart. It's complicated and that's why any why I still don't understand why the massive delay on this point when it is quite clear and it seemed to be quite clear at one point that the Premier League believe Everton had failed FFP by a mile, by the way, not just a close run thing, to then all of a sudden they're at an independent commission after trying to work with them for a couple of months. It just That just makes a nonsense of it all and it questions the leadership within the Premier League for me. It questions the integrity and stability and ability to apply the rules. Um, there's so many different ways this could go. In reality, we do have a decision to make then, like Chelsea have, I believe. I believe Chelsea have decided FFP is a paper tiger and our punishment will just be financial. Um, it doesn't seem to be PIF style to do that. I think they'd have to be very certain that we wouldn't be made an example of. Um, but it, it could affect every team going forward um, because who's the next one who will say balls to FFP? George, what's your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a nightmare. But if I was a sports lawyer, I'd be rubbing me bloody hands. I would. There's gonna there's a lot of money for some of the lawyers in all of that. Um, as Dean says, Everton should have been dealt with straight away. So that meant there's clubs that's been relegated who might not have been relegated. 
did. And if I was involved with those clubs, by Jove, I'd be talking to sports lawyers. I really would. It, it It's a mess. And, and uh, it goes back to one thing, and you'll hit the nail on the head. There is no leadership or strength at the Premiership. We have we have nobody there who who's prepared to bite the bullet and say this is what the Premiership stands for. Nobody knows what it stands for anymore. It's just it's just uh, it says a paper tiger, and and I don't think we will go down that line. We won't uh, say um, uh, to pop with it and and just do what we like. Piff for the sort of people who will do it properly. They will do it business like. They will do it legal like, and uh, that will be to the benefit of Newcastle United and I suspect to the benefit of the whole Premier League if they've got the, they've got the right head on so I'm I'm uh, not uh, stressed by it at all I I, I think uh, if anybody wants to look at uh, what PIF's like like look at look at the way Amanda and me dad and 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 there some of the others involved with our club sorted the bloody golf out didn't take them long everything's not going to happen well it, well, it did, and it happened because of them, and they knew what to do, and they did it all proper, all legal, and I think that's what they'll do with our football club in the Premier League. Everton really shouldn't be where they are, and, and uh, nobody's mentioned Manchester City this morning. <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole raft of things uh, still flowing from what they've been doing, so uh, it's, it's, it must be a nightmare for everybody, but certainly uh, the Premier League's got a nightmare coming, and sooner or later somebody will I'll pull the right block out of the the, the, the Django pile. It's uh, called the uh, Premier League, and there'll, there'll be a real mess on the table. Yeah, Manchester City uh, were kicking the can down the road last time we spoke about them, and uh, they've uh, they'll be delighted that the fact that all the all the all the eyes are off them and more on Everton and Chelsea uh, it makes it a good yeah. it's a valid point that. Uh, that George makes there. Blue Rhythm Boy, we'll, we'll stay on this theme. He just says, are we at risk of losing Botman and Brunos of this world, Mitch, if we don't maintain Champions League or win a trophy this season? So if this season, which which predictably was always going to be slightly more difficult, and um, we don't know how difficult that will be until, you know, when maybe we get to the halfway point, we've got an idea of where we're at. But, you know, are we, are we at risk of losing players like that if we don't maintain a, a European slot next season? My feeling is... is... Eddie wouldn't want unhappy people around. And if he would say to them, look, you came here, we've sold you a vision. Um, are you still in to make that vision come to let come through? Or or do you want out because you haven't got your you got your toys quickly? And if 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 your commitment's not here, goodbye. And I think it would be that short a conversation. Um I think what we've shown is we've got still got the ability to attract good players. And I can see us going through a, a period whereby we can let players go because the players that will come will replace them just fine. And that, maybe my glass is still too half full, but that's the way I look at it. I think I still believe there's a firm vision, there's a firm direction, and there's good leadership from top to bottom in the club. Um, and one player is never bigger than the, the sum of the parts of the club, ever, uh, in my opinion. And if, if somebody's really of that mindset that after one season they've had Champions League and then they don't get it again straight away, well, off you go. If you don't want to be here, that's fine. Um, 
that'd be my take on it. It, it. it just, I've got every faith in the way that we recruit now, that we, we could come up with, with replacements in a succession rather than scrambling around and no squad management. And that's what all these younger players have been saying for, that we've got succession and squad management going forward. That we're not uh, just sitting, hoping everything hangs together on a thread, you know? Do you agree with uh, Mitch on that, George? Yeah, that, it goes back to my feeling about uh, we're being up there with the big boys. If you've got good players, people will look at them. And if uh, Neil rightly says, if they go into any house office and say, well, I'm unhappy about this and unhappy about that, the evidence is you, you just say, well, hard lines. You know, you, you, you knew what you came for and, and that's what we're prepared to do. Um, he'll do his best to keep them and keep them happy, but he, he, he won't give the club away just to one or two players. And the other thing is, is that uh, the recruitment uh, system seems to be, particularly at the top end, seems to be working well. With the, the, There's a raft of good players being brought in, a uh, raft of good players who, who if, if you read the you know bits and pieces on the internet, that we've been looking at all over the place. And uh, um, I think we just have to accept as a club where we are, and we're where we are very early, at least two years, if not three years early, according to some people. Um, we, we just have to look at it and say, well, that, we're there and, and people are going to look at us differently and we just have to live with it. Uh, but the other thing is I have the confidence that our owners um, have got the right head on and, and will cope with it and help Eddie to cope with it as well. OK, a slightly shorter show this morning because uh, I've got to pop out, uh, so we will play the ads now. A big thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins. You can find them at skipsandbins.com or telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Big thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources Handmade in Cumbria. You can order them from their website, mrvickys.co.uk or by telephone 01768 A big thanks also to New Workwear. Uh, You can find them at newworkwear.com. They're an agile and dedicated workwear provider. Welcome back as well to United Travel. Uh, They are a UK coaches firm and they are based in uh, the Northeast. They've got 2024 tours and you can contact them on 01670-632-460 or mobile 0791-666-4174. Email info at unitedgrouptravel.com. And they've got a website, which is unitedgrouptravel.com. There's no strangers on their tours, just people you haven't met yet. Big thanks to them for their sponsorship. Big thanks as well to Media Arts, and they supply all the video technology. If you want to become a member and get a cup, a pen, a membership card, and a scarf, then get your smartphone and put it over this QR code. It will take you straight to the membership pack. It's a £25 one-off fee. You can also go to NUFC Matters website and search membership pack to book today. If you want to help the channel, then subscribe to it by hitting the subscribe button. Hit the thumb up under the video to like the video and click share to share to your other social media. 
We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast providers. Don't forget, we help the food bank on this channel. If you want to do so virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. The Alan Sheila raffle is back on. 150 tickets, £1 a ticket, win a limited edition signed Alan Shearer ball. End of the day at nufcmatters.com. I see a couple of questions about the match today. We'll come to them just before the end of the show. Don't forget, uh, signed Rob Lee t-shirt is available uh, at Steve Wraith on Twitter. Search me up. It's pinned at the top. Place a bid underneath. 20 quid is the bid at the moment. All money raised from that t-shirt, as usual, uh, goes to the food bank. Uh, you've got a Friday at the bid on that. Uh, so just place your bid in the comments below. Kieran Trippier print is still up for grabs. It's a pound a ticket. Uh, 20 tickets left. Uh, NUFCmatters.com for that. Uh, don't forget as well, we've got some great T-shirts, including the Have You Ever Seen Malakam in uh, Milan T-shirt, and that's available from NUFCmatters.com. It's got our Champions League group fixtures on the back as well. Go to the shop, loads of great T-shirts there. A uh, couple of do's coming up as well. Evening with Frank Clark and Gibbo, Thursday, December the 7th, 15 quid a ticket, NUFCmatters.com for that. And get in touch with the Time Theatre and Opera House. Uh, there's a couple of guests yet to be named for this, but when you hear who's coming, you'll be blown away. 25th of January, 2024. Uh, contact the Time Theatre and Opera House via their website or by calling 0844 and uh, don't forget tomorrow morning, seven o'clock, bright and early. I am back on the breakfast show, uh, the Northeast Footy Brecky, and you can find that at the Tune Radio. Um, get yourself onto there, seven o'clock till nine. You can get that on DB Radio, Smart Speakers, and the app and online. Look forward to that as always. Uh, okay, quick one on this uh, new training top, Mitch, uh, which Kieran Trippier is. Uh, um, wearing, um, what did you think of that? It was like a warm up top, wasn't it? Uh, which which mm. yesterday, and I, I've got to be honest, I mean, like all of these things that Castori have done, there's, there's even if I'm not a fan of the color, there's a certain je ne sais quoi about that. I, I do like it, I love the, I just love the little design on the bottom. And again, that's that's something I probably wear either just knocking around the gym or knocking around the house. It's it's a nice little top that. I in in unfortunate in some respects that Castore haven't delivered in the way that they, I feel they could have done. Um and so for the rest of this season, um are they gonna just milk as much as they can out of the remaining contract time with Newcastle United? Uh are we gonna see some more training tops and some unusual tops like they produced last season, you know, that they, they did I think two alternative black and white tops last season in a and the all black one with, with the black and black stripes and all of these things. It, it, it's a shame to see quite original designs going out the window. Um, but at the same time, the move back to Adidas financially um, is a no-brainer. Uh, and Castori have shown that they've got big ambitions supplying, you know, rugby, cricket, all sorts of different. But you talk to anybody who's supplied by them, you see the same shoddy mistakes and quality control issues popping up over and over again from the Irish international women's team with sky printed upside down on their warm-up jackets to um, the lads out here, the Wolves lads out here, who say it's 50-50 whether your Wolves badge is going to be stuck on the right way up or not. 
for example. Um, that's ridiculous. I know people who bought um, Newcastle fleeces, and when you look at the zip, it's a Ranger zip. Um, all of these things matter, and matter quite a lot to football fans. Um, and they're not something you'd see with Adidas, unfortunately. So, thanks, Gasori, and good night. What's your thoughts on that one, George? I like it. I would wear it. No problem. That, and, and Neil's right. There's lots of the stuff's been great. All is all's wrong is a simple, in my view, a simple quality control issue. You know, all the stuff about that uh, has been printed twice and all, all the rest of it. That that was just a quality control issue. Just somebody needed to say that the, 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 the badge was being stretched enough to get the whole whole bit in it wasn't it wasn't a mammoth thing even for me but that that's i like that top in fact quite a lot of that stuff is dean says the uh, um in fact i think i bought you the black and black stripe thing neil uh, I, I thought that was lovely some nice ideas but oh dear me uh haven't been haven't been put into into practice uh and sadly they're, they're paying the price for it um the one thing we'll get with Adidas, I certainly don't think we'll get any quality control issues. If they do, they'll be short and sweet and they'll put them right. Um, where Castoria drags on and drags on and drags on uh, just makes makes people unhappy and that's never good. But in terms of the design, I like that. I would wear that tomorrow. Absolutely lovely. Um, you know, you, you could go out in that if you're going out for a casual something. You could easily wear that to go out in. It's, it's, so, it's so nice. But uh, uh, as Neil says... Sad story, you know. The good designs go with the bad, and um, you know, I'm sure we'll miss it in some way, but but not very much, I'm afraid. Ten out of ten, then. Well done, Castoria. Uh, if that's the last thing you do, um, it's not a bad one. So uh, thanks for that. Uh, a lot of people want to know what our views are, Mitch, on uh, Steve Bruce's latest podcast with Simon Jordan. He goes for Craig Hope a bit. I mean. We have discussed various interviews that Steve Bruce has co conducted over the last uh, over the last few months. Um, he's fishing for a job, Mitch, isn't he? It's as simple as that. Of course he's trying is. to be as controversial as possible. It, it's Steve Bruce's revisionist history, and here we go. You know, tell me again, Steve, about how you advised Julius Caesar to fight the troops in Gaul. Tell me again about how difficult an opponent Napoleon Bonaparte was, particularly when he switched tactics at halftime. You know, uh, tell us about the time you invented the hovercraft uh, and your input in the, the Maginot line, which was rejected, and that's why France fell at the start of the World War Two. You know, where does it end with Steve Bruce? What's he going to take credit for and what's he going to deflect away again? Um, he, he talked about Craig Hope making his question personal. The only person who made that personal is Steve Bruce, and he continues to do so. And his son made it even more personal on social media by getting involved um and so again let's you know this is my history from my point of view he's he's fishing to get back into work and he's he's flexing all the sympathy and connections he makes in the media to do so um you talk to anybody whose club he's been at and the cycle that he goes through more often than not is the cycle he went through with us and you, you see, talk to Mackhams about them, talk to Villa fans about them, talk to Birmingham fans about them. They've all got the same things to say, you know. And 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 it, and it's and he can try and change history 
in the way he spins it to make himself look good? Or did you re did you really suggest that he have on your way out? Did you? I mean, he hadn't already been in for an interview before when you were still the manager at all, had he? He hadn't met uh, Charnley behind the scenes because he had, and we know he had. But you still suggested him as your replacement, did you? Yeah. Get nodded, Steve. And and it's I switch off to it now. I'm uh, here. We are talking about him again. I'd just rather not be. He 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 really just. Is it is it Jack and Ori point now? Um, you know, and and it's all about him getting another book, another another gig somewhere. What's your thoughts on Steve Bruce, George? Well, uh, as, as you know, I've said before, I think the poor lad needs help somewhere along the lane because he's he's got a he's got a sticking point. The only the only other objection I'd make about what people are calling an interview, it wasn't an interview. It wasn't an interview. Same and Jordan, let him have a monologue. Uh, and really, I, I think that was him doing uh, Brucey a favour because he went on and on and on without Same and Jordan actually having any input whatsoever. And the Craig Hope thing, Neil's right, the Craig Hope thing was never a personal thing. Steve Bruce took it personally. Then when he bit, doesn't have to take any of that from somebody like Steve Bruce. Um, he's a professional journalist and he, and he knows what he's what he's doing. He doesn't always say the right things for us, but it, at least he has an opinion, which uh, um, is, is it's sometimes quite valid. Uh, but whereas sometimes Steve Bruce has an opinion, it's not valid at all. It's just, it's out of the sky. It's you know it's it's rubbish. Um, and if you you know sit down and analyse the, the the clubs that he's been to and what's happened, and you listen to what the players say about training methods and all of that sort of thing, it's all been the same. They, they, they suddenly become unfit. They suddenly not on training five days a week. They're only training three. All that rubbish has gone through all of them clubs, and we just were the last ones to suffer it. And uh, at the bit. It, Beginning of the season, he had his mini Olympics where they ran and they ran and they ran and they ran. I used to see them through my window running down the street every morning of the first couple of weeks. It was a nightmare for people like Gail that had bad knees and bad Hamilton, who similarly has bad hamstrings. The last thing you want to do was stretch them like a bloody Olympic sprinter. But that's what Bruce did. Good luck to them. And I hope you uh, can do better for them than you did for us. Okay. I just want to give a shout out uh, to um, uh, a particular sports club locally. Uh, it's a gym club, Northern Hope in Berkeley. Uh, they are fundraising for a new venue. Unfortunately, with a, a lot of the bad weather we've had over the last few weeks, uh, the, uh, the premises that they're using has been flooded. And uh, they are raising money to help find better premises uh, that don't flood, obviously. Uh, you can find a link to donate to that cause uh, on Facebook and on Instagram if you just search for Northern Hope in Berkeley. Uh, so uh, good luck with that, uh, girls. It's uh, an absolute nightmare when things like that happen. I think people don't realise as well that there's a, a complete lack of funding for those kind of things. And it's often volunteers who uh, keep those kind of things going. So best of luck with that. And I uh, hope uh, you, you manage to find some new premises. Uh, Geordie Toomberlife, good morning. He said, uh, Geordie and uh, George and Mitch, what is going on with TV kickoff times? Saturday night, 
8pm is really getting out of hand. Uh, are we going to be like in America in a few years' time with uh, with, with kickoff times? I mean, we, we touched on it briefly on, on the Amigos, Mitch, but it is getting ludicrous, isn't it? And I, I keep saying we are pushing more and more for, you know, games where supporters don't travel and for this, like, family-type atmosphere where fans are sitting there with popcorn and coke and... Uh, you know, it, it's a family. It's a family orientated atmosphere. Sadly, I think that's what in 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 an ideal world, it's what the powers that be would like. Probably, um, and it it just shows the continuing strength of the broadcast companies mm-hmm. within football that more and more what they say go goes. We want this. We want that. We want more opportunities to show more live games. We want to spread them out throughout the entire weekend. Uh, but we want the teams with, who are going to attract the biggest audiences. We want them in the, our prime slots. Um, however, we also want some in our prime slots to make the lads in the States happy, to make the lads in the Middle East happier. Uh, we want these games at such and such a time and those games at such and such a time and we want this one playing that one on that uh, time because that's going to get us our biggest viewing figures of the weekend. That's where it's going. And in the process, they don't, they've never cared about away fans. They've never cared about people who travel, ever, uh, categorically. Um, so why should they care whether there's away fans in the ground or not? There's quite clearly an element within the game would like to see the game sanitised and gentrified and removing away fans would help with a certain degree of that. Um, then my feeling is football starts to lose its soul. And when it loses its soul... Is it then, then by default, a less attractive thing? Um, I can't see where... And, and don't think, though, for a minute that it's as sanitised as that in the States, even. Because it isn't. There are people who go to away games in the States, and there is bother in the, in the ground. You just don't hear about it at the same level. There was a Miami Dolphins fan, I think it is, was beaten to death by a New York Patriots fan in the last couple of weeks, for example. Not see that all over the papers, do you? Imagine if that had happened in a Premier League ground. Can you imagine the Ferrari? And yet, I bet most people watching this haven't even heard that. And so it's, um, it's not as sanitised as people might think because you'll always get die-hard fans who want to go and support their club um, and and because they're not used to it in the States they don't tend to segregate but what the away fans tend to do is buy get, get together and buy that tickets in the same part of the ground to do it themselves um, I've been in the crowd at Kansas City when the Raiders play and that's a divisional rivalry that's it almost says very similar to Newcastle Sunderland um, they're in the same division they play each other twice every season and they hate each other and I've seen bother in the ground at Kansas City when the Raiders come to town and I mean I'm, I'm talking fisty cuffs and guns being pulled out <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you know it, 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 it's still going to happen 
whether the football authorities want it or not, there is still a die-hard core of fans who will always want to go to away games, and you can't stop it, and you won't stop it, no matter how much you desire to. George, thoughts on the game changing forever and potentially becoming like the American game? Kick-off times. We're getting very close now. Yeah, we're getting very close now. The other thing I'd uh, remind everybody is, is that if this sort of thing comes to the Premier League and there's all sorts of votes, already there's more than a 50% vote for America sitting on the Premier League, whether we like it or not, and it's going to get worse. Um, so, uh, yeah, everything's uh, there for them to uh, uh, to change things. Um, and it's, it's more than sad because the away trips... Um, are an essential part in my my, my view of, of football. My, my history, as I've heard, has talked about it before from uh, watching my, my family all uh, uh, hire Alfie Holland's bus and go all over the bloody country every other weekend and, and have a great time uh, and uh, had their favourite trips to go to like Plymouth and Portsmouth and places like that I would be mortified if that did. It, it is a possibility, you can see it You can see it coming, I mean Neil's talking about when he was in Kansas and seeing, seeing the football uh, this is the dad that was sitting at home thinking about all of that and what was happening, uh, you know, so could it could do without that, but uh, no, it, 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 it will sanitise it, it I actually um, do remember it um, the first time Neil and I went to the to Barcelona's ground and were gobsmacked. Now, I'm talking when Neil was just 14, 15, uh, and so it's a, it's a while ago, and we're sitting there with enough space in front of us for the peanut man to walk in front of us and sell with the peanuts and all the rest of it. Great, but you could see, uh, if you went American style, uh, that, that would it would sanitise, it would be, be become like a... Okay, slight, slightly losing George. Or something like that. Um, but I still want the occasion of the match being a big occasion. Yep, slightly lost you there, George. Uh, internet's getting slightly worse, so I'm just going to uh, I'm just going to mute you there for for a second whilst uh, I bring Mitch in because there's a little bit of feedback. We're, we're getting there in the end. There's only only about five minutes left on the show. It feels like the owners in general are trying to drag the game up the class system into posher fans who don't care about their team. Just go as a status symbol, hence the massive prices at some grounds. Barry, it's an interesting point. Uh, lots of people talking about uh, coverage as well. I remember paying for NUFC TV on top of what they do now. They should probably offer a subscription service again. More money generated for the club, says Ben, which is interesting. OK, uh, John asked the question earlier, uh, do we think we will beat Sheffield United and do you think we will beat Man City on Wednesday in the Carabao Cup? Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do uh, as the game is today. Uh, we'll listen to what Toon Stato has got to say first. Um, uh, a little build-up to the game uh, from him, which we usually play on the Amigos. Sheffield United at Bramall Lane, away from home. So far this season, we have lost our two games away from home. And when you compare this versus last season, when we lost... Three away from home for the total season, it doesn't make for a good reading. Actually, the last time that we lost three consecutive games away was back in April 2022. Last season, 
we not only lost only three points, but we gained eight wins and eight draws, which makes it 32 points. So let's hope that we resume this this Sunday. When it comes to our performance against newly promoted sides, since we lost uh, to Leeds at home back in January 2021, we are on a run of 14 games undefeated against newly promoted clubs, seven wins and seven draws. We have played at Bramall Lane four times in the Premier League. We have won two and lost two, including the last one again back in 2021, when, of course, Sheffield United registered their first win of the season. Actually, it's been a very tough start for the newly promoted clubs in the Premier League this season. They have only two points out of 39 combined between Luton, Burnley and Sheffield United. Also, Sheffield United are the team with the most attempted long passes, the most faced shots and the fewest shots against any opposition. At the same time, both Newcastle and Sheffield United have accumulated 17 cards since the beginning of the season, the most in the Premier League. Newcastle with 17 yellows, Sheffield United with 16 yellows and one red card. So we have all the conditions for a classic on Sunday. How are the lads? Okay, George, uh, Sheffield United away then. Uh, I know we've already done the predictions on uh, on the show, uh, but uh, I, I can't unmute you, George. You're going to have to unmute yourself. Um, give us your prediction for the for the Sheffield United game. We'll look at the uh, we'll look at the Man City game during the week. But give us your prediction, George. Well, I think I said 2-0 the other night, and I still stick by that. I've seen nothing to suggest that, that that's going to change. Uh, a 2-0 win for Newcastle United today. OK, great, Joe, uh, George. And Mitch, um, you gave us the dice prediction the other night, which people were mm. saying is corrupt. It never, it never predicts a defeat. Uh, but what's your actual prediction for Sheffield United, mate? I have a feeling Callum Wilson will relish this game. I think it's perfect for him. The more I've been thinking about it and about potential lineup changes, I think he'll be in from the off. Um, and I'll stick with two note. Okay, great stuff. I've gone for a win as well, two nil. So uh, that is the end of the show. We will be back tomorrow night, six o'clock, with the fans forum. Thanks for everybody for joining us. Thanks to all the moderators and thanks to George and Mitch. Take care, lads. Take care, everyone. Care, everybody. Bye. Bye.